You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You love them, you hate them, and you can't stop talking about them. Announcers, analysts, pundits, they're all fair game. It's Sports Media Payhem with Alex Reamer. Time to let it rip. All right, so welcome back to the show. As I was saying in the open, a uh, perfect guy to talk to today about Dennis Eckersley and the Nesson booth overall this season and where it could be going forward. Dave O'Brien, voice of the Boston Red Sox. Dave, how are you, sir? Alex, great to see you. How are you? I'm doing well. It's great to see you as well. Um, we were talking about this a little bit off the air, and then I'm like, no, no, we need our good stuff when we're recording. So <laughs> we'll dive back into what we were talking about. You've worked with Eck now for several years with Nesson and done a lot of traveling with him as well and spent a lot of time together. What about him stands out the most to you? The incredible honesty uh, on the air and, and off the air, but start with the on the air stuff. I think people realize that it, working with Eck, you're, you're working next to somebody who almost has a free form way of broadcasting, which is very different from anybody else, because basically what comes into his head winds up on the air. And, and it's all from an honest place. So I, I'm going to miss that. A lot of people will say, oh, I'm going to miss the, the terminologies, the salad and the pair of shoes and all that stuff. And, and I, I will, too, because that's unique. And that's Dennis. He's actually been doing that since he was a teenager using those phrases. That's not like something he creates for broadcast. He was talking like that when they drafted him and when he broke into the big leagues at 19 years old. I'll miss all of that. But you know what it's like when you get to work with people that you really like and they become friends and they become people you rely on to tell you the truth. And nobody does that better than that. Look, we, we both know he's gotten himself into some trouble uh, doing that at times. I don't think he could care less. I think that honestly, with maybe one significant occasion that was well publicized, uh, I don't think he has regrets about uh, anything and, and doesn't have regrets about how he handled anything. So God bless him for that. Yeah, no, totally. And, you know, the what you're alluding to as well, Eck just comes across as a guy who's very confident in his place in the game and himself. And, you know, I think, too, something that you always notice just watching him, and I think they mentioned it in the Globe article in which he announced uh, his retirement, is the passion that he still has for the game. I mean, he goes home after doing a full days of work with you, broadcasting a full game, and then turns on a West Coast game. I mean, this I don't I don't think every analyst, especially one like him, who has a Hall of Fame resume, been around for decades, is doing that. And it shows in his work when you watch it, you say, Wow, this guy not only clearly likes the loves the game, but knows all these players, which again is not something that you always see, I think. You don't. Uh, I don't know anybody else who does that. Uh, I, I know managers who do that. Alex Cora does that. Aaron Boone does that. 
uh, but not analysts who, who don't have that kind of skin in the game invested. But he, I think he, he truly loves baseball. And it's hard for some people to understand because at times the game can be plodding and as boring as hell. I don't think for him it, it ever really got that way. And he always finds something in every broadcast or a game that he's watching uh, that intrigues him. And he gets excited about it. And that's what you want from an analyst. You want a guy who can communicate what he sees, does it honestly, and and shows real passion for it. So he's a unique guy. Uh, I've been trying to get him to uh, talk to somebody about writing a book about his life for about five or six years. And he refuses to do it. And part of the reason is he said, you know, I have to be completely candid about everything or I'm not going to do it. Some of that stuff he doesn't want to go near again, you know, uh, because he knows he's going to have to be 100 uh, percent honest. I say stay tuned on that. Maybe someone will get to him and say, hey, here's the deal. You can't refuse it. That hasn't happened yet. Um, but I'd read that book. I think that book's a bestseller in a minute. Well, we do follow each other on Twitter, me and X. So if you if you want to slide around my name, I, <laughs> I would like that project and the advance. I'd probably come along with that project. I'll, I'll take 2% of whatever you can convince him. We'll call it a deal and uh, and see if we can make that work. I'm on, I'm on board for that. Fair enough. And what we were also talking about before we hit the air, and I mentioned this too before you came on in the opening of my show, is one of the things that I've respected most about Eck is the fact that, you know, and there are reasons for this, but he has put his family and his personal happiness above his professional life from the standpoint that he worked 75 games this year, which is a lot of games, but I'm sure you and those at Nesson would have loved him for more than 75 games. And he resisted doing that. And now he's walking away. still at the top of his game to spend more time with his grandchildren. You know, I mean, you've been in broadcasting for, for a long time. That's not something that every, it's not something that everybody does. And it's rare when you have somebody in today's day and age, put their personal happiness above, you know, perfect, perfect, not, I mean, he's at the top of his game professionally, but you know what I'm saying? That puts their personal happiness above all this. Yeah. And I, I think that's a lifetime talking. That's what that is. That's a lifetime of frankly making mistakes, uh, you know, families in, in, in put in very difficult situations, families coming apart, uh, marriages coming apart. And that's just not going to happen anymore to Dennis Eckersley. And, and I find that so refreshing uh, because, look, he's making good money. It's not about money. He's made money. Uh, he doesn't have to make more. It's about, hey, my grandkids live in Oakland. I'm not going across the country to continue just to do a job, a job he loves, but a job, uh, and miss seeing them grow up because he's missed those opportunities with his own kids. He's missed those opportunities in his other marriages. And uh, the other thing that happened, which I find really sweet, is that his wife, Jennifer, uh, Jennifer is his third wife, she fell in love with the grandkids too and, uh, and has become like another mom. And he's found that so endearing. So uh, he just doesn't want to mess this up. He's got a wonderful situation there. He's going to be living in Oakland now. The bummer is, and there are a lot of them with, with this, the, the, you know, one of them being I don't get a chance to work with him anymore, but I'm not going to get a chance to see him anymore. None of us are. It's not like he's walking into Fenway Park once a month or twice a week or whatever. So uh, that friendship that you develop with somebody, uh, you know, kind of gets put on hold. Uh, and that, that part of it really stinks. It does. It does. Yeah. Zoom is just not the same as we've learned during. Not quite. Time. <laughs> no. Not the same. Um, so 
You also, in addition to Eck, have worked with several other new partners this year, including Kevin Millar, Kevin Euclid. They have the same first name, and they both played, played the same position. But I think that's where the similarities between them end in terms of their style as analysts. And we've talked about this before. What's it been like breaking in with those two guys who, you know, Euclid is more of a broadcasting novice than Millar, but just working with two guys new to the Red Sox booth who just have such different styles. How do you, how do you, find, how do you find your rhythm in a situation like that? I, I think it was really good practice at that, and all that's true, uh, working with Jerry and Eck. Yeah. Because even though they played together and they wore the same uniform, the way they came at the game was very different. Obviously, pitcher, hitter. And we love that mix, but very different guys. And uh, I think that what I learned getting in the booth with those two at the same time and trying to help bring them together was that you have to spend time before the game finding out what they're good at before they do it in the broadcast. And so that's what I've tried to do with all of these guys is try and figure out what their strengths are because, you know, Kevin Millar was only going to do about 20 games. So, and I frankly don't expect that to increase next year, but Uke's a different story. Um, You know, figuring out like what it is he likes to talk about, what his strength is as an analyst in in Uke's case, uh, that's been really interesting because he had one foot in the dugout. Uh, He was interviewing for uh, bench coach jobs and assistant hitting coach jobs before he took the broadcasting job. And I think he's figured out he really likes it. He really enjoys it. You talk about a guy with great passion for baseball. Um, So, you know, that's I I hope that comes out. I think it does. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, And yeah, so you've had a couple years where you've worked with multiple analysts. It's been kind of a rotating door. Um, Would you like to get back to working with just one person? I think any play-by-play guy would say yes to that. Um, and other broadcasts that have had that luxury, I, I think it makes for a, uh, it, it certainly makes for an easier show on the talent and everybody in the, in the, on the crew. And, you know, it's like producers, directors, you know, they're, they're also working, the camera guys, they're also working with a lot of different people. Some say the variety is great and yeah. maybe, maybe it is, but I, I happen to, I'm really old school. I get it. Um, you know, probably sounds like a get off my lawn guy when I say, I really do like the idea of one partner every night because I think there's a chunk of the audience anyway, and I wonder if you agree with this, that likes the sameness of that, that yeah. likes to be able to lean on that every day, uh, every night uh, in, in their in their chairs at home or wherever they're watching the ball game. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like a cliche, but it is true. I mean, it's such a unique experience following a baseball team day in, day out. It's six months, um, and I do think there is – Part of that, that is true, where they become a soundtrack of the summer and people, I think, really identify with their local team, which is a huge reason why Jerry Remy became the Rem Dog, And, you know, because he was in everyone's living rooms every night for decades. To that point about Jerry, uh, we had Jerry, you know, for most of the final season uh, before he passed away. And all through that season, you know, he, he must have known, obviously, that then the following year without him was going to be many different guys testing many different talents. And he would say often if he got hired under those circumstances, he would have lasted two weeks. Right. You know, in this age of social media and, and coverage and, and the pressure that the stress right. that can be on, by the way, which I think is 
ridiculous at times. I mean, we're we're bringing you the game. We're not playing the game. The, you know, the announce crews get way too much attention, in in my opinion, in Boston. Uh, but Jer- I think Jerry felt like you know, if, if you if you would have taken him and put him in a young man's body again, recently retired, and, and put him on the air today, given his skill set as a as a broadcaster, gone in a heartbeat. And mm-hmm. he almost was even then. He, hey. he used to say. The Globe would sh- take a shot at him one week, the Herald the next week, the Globe the next week, and, and it would go like that. And it went that way for years. And you think, wow, he turned into an icon. He, he turned into a great analyst. Um, but he never yeah. would be given that chance today, probably. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. No, and that's a great point. I mean, because you're right. It it takes time to develop as a full-time broadcaster. Jerry went through it, and even Eck started with Nesson in 2003 and didn't really do much with the network for his first few years, and now you don't have that luxury. You're thrown right into the lion's den. Yeah, you're exactly right. We, when he started, Alex, he was pre and post, right? and he did that most of his career at Nesson. It was really only the last six, seven years that he really started to get on as a game analyst, and, and then, I mean, I think the national people totally blew it on Dennis Eckersley. And that includes Turner. They had an opportunity. I can say it because a lot of those people, I'm not offending anyone who's there now because they didn't make the decision. But whatever, you know, group of folks made the call, he should have been the lead analyst doing national games. He should have been on ESPN, on Sunday Night Baseball or Fox. I don't know how they blew it as badly as they did. But Dennis Eckersley should have been a, a national icon. And, you know, they gave him some part of a package but it wasn't much they made a mistake on that and and uh, i hope somebody regrets it yeah and to get back to eucalyptus real quick you mentioned that it's been interesting finding what he likes to talk about as an analyst what his strengths are so now you know well more than halfway through this season what do you think those are well he's great talking hitting we knew that would be the case i think he he's really good at putting you in the batter's box and that's the thing he's most comfortable with Obviously, with Eck, it's always going to be pitching. Uh, Remdog, a lot of it was defense and defensive alignments and how you play defense. And I think that uh, that's probably it. He he likes to have fun. You know, he likes to have fun. I don't think he'll ever get personal. I don't think he'll be overly critical about players. And, you know, I, I think there, there are steps that he's achieving. He's really, really uh, coachable. And most athletes are because they've been coached since the time they were little kids. And the really good ones, those are the guys who make the big leagues, they tend to be incredibly coachable. So you say one thing, and you've been in television booths, so you know you know where the monitors are. And learning to look at the monitor uh, instead of the field is not natural. You've mm. got to be able to, well, here comes a replay, boom. So initially he was like spending most of his time looking at the field, like 100%. Right. And I would, I would just try and steer him over there, and the producer would too. But that took about... 10 seconds and he and then he got really good at it in in so that's that's the thing about you that i think our crew really appreciates he's coachable 
he'll take criticism. He'll, he'll take direction really well. You don't get a big league attitude about it. And, uh, and that's great. No, I mean, I've had the pleasure of interviewing uh, you a couple, of, a couple of occasions for my other gig at Outsports, um, where we profile gay athletes. I spoke with him ahead of Red Sox Pride Night as an ally, and he gave me such thoughtful and nuanced and really smart answers, which I really appreciated because when you, that topic comes up, a lot of guys, you know, mean well, but they give you kind of boilerplate type stuff. So mm-hmm. really smart, insightful guy. Yeah, and that's – look, in our market – I think you've got to do that. I think you've got to be sort of a cut above, you know, boilerplate's a great way of putting it. You do that and you're dead. I think as an analyst, you, you've got to bring, and you've got to bring some personality and like his, his love comes through too. Like uh Franchi Cordero hit a, a walk-off grand slam. And I mean, he came out of his chair. Absolutely. Now yeah. an amazing moment and all that, but he was laughing through it. Like, a player would while you're racing out to throw Gatorade on the guy. That's and so that that childhood appreciation of things is still there for him. What keeps you going after all these years? Uh, strictly the money. It's uh, <laughs> it, it's just about. It's like no, I'm I'm pretty much the the same way. I mean, and and you know this, but probably a lot of people don't know or care. I'm pretty busy in the off season. Right so-called. I mean, I do college football and basketball and then right into, I, I love doing sports. I've called over 5,000 major league games. Uh, I, I always find, this is what keeps me going. I always find something in every game, Alex, that I've never seen before or some nuance on that that I've never seen before. And it might be just something like a guy stealing a base and the way he slides to avoid getting telly. Like, oh my God, I've like, and Pedroia would do it five times a, a, a summer. You'd be like, I've never seen that done that way before. I think that's probably it. It's uh, it's your own curiosity about seeing something done differently, maybe done better, just done in an unusual way that keeps me going in all sports and in everything. And and the the, the I think in the end of the day, even bigger than that, it's just, man, what a privilege it is to, it's going to sound stupid, but to some people, but walking into a, a booth like Fenway Park, when you grew up coming to the ballpark and they're they're saying, okay, this is where you get to work, and you're, you feel lucky. And and every every booth and every basketball, football, baseball, whatever I've ever, I've ever done, soccer match, I've always felt privileged to be there. And there's, there's kind of a voice telling you, you know, you're, you're 12 years old, you don't belong here. Uh, and I hope I never lose that. Yeah. And I guess the moment you do is that as a time it's start to start thinking about walking away, right? I mean, so. Yeah, yeah, right. That's exactly right. And if, you know, when that happens, you know, that's it. It's, it's time to go. And when you don't get, if you, if you fail to get a little nervous mm. before a broadcast, like I'll bet, you know, before you do anything, yeah, uh, you got a little sense of stress, of course. nervousness, anxiety. And if that, doesn't kick in anymore that's a good sign time to go yeah i've been sweating a little bit under my arms waiting for you to sign on (laughs) that that was that was because of my my ridiculous uh technological ignorance that you were sweating that's why yeah no you're all good um last question dave what is your contractual status with nesson will you be back next season yeah, I will be back next season and uh, and probably uh, several seasons to come. Uh, at this point, that's that's my goal, and I, it seems to be everybody's goal who, who's in charge of that. So, um, who we're going to be working with? 
Yeah. Uh, I can't say a hundred percent because some of this was, some of this was a test to see if it would click and, and how it would click. And then with the knowledge that Dennis Eckersley, who did, is going to do 75, 80 games this year, that he's going to be gone. So that's a gigantic hole there. I think the bet I would make with people is you're going to see somebody else too. Next year, at least one more, maybe more than one new face. Hmm. Um, and at some point, um, I think a decision will be made on, you know, who the, who the real standard people are in the booth. But um, that's probably going to happen next year. We like it. Dave O'Brien, you can hear him every night calling the Red Sox on Ness and Dave. Always great to catch up with you. Thanks. You too. Thanks, Alex.